welcome to Stirring the Pot podcast, a podcast all about discussing controversial food subjects, historical aspects of food, and pretty much everything else food and cooking related. Let me get things started tonight by introducing my co-hosts. First up, we have Mr. Barbecue Brand, an aficionado of all things barbecue, and a recently featured guest on Food Network's Barbecue USA. Welcome, Barbecue Brand. Uh, what's cooking, everybody? Let's get it rolling. <laughs> Next up, we have Mr. Brandon Deep, a connoisseur of Louisiana and Southern cuisine, and a self-proclaimed food science nerd. Welcome, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Welcome to the show. Let's get it rolling. I am your host, Casey P, a baking and cooking enthusiast and a lover of all Southern culture, history, and cuisine. Tonight's topic is all about the alternative cuts of pork for your next barbecue. From snout to tail, we cover it all to get you thinking outside of the box. How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing, doing good. good. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be a good subject. A lot of things to talk about with pork. I mean, super versatile, you know, takes on, you know, any seasoning, works with a lot of different types of smoke. So can't beat a piece of pork on a pit. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely yeah. We're all talking about that poop. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start off by talking about pork butt. What exactly is this cut of meat? I know it's not the butt. <laughs> It is actually the shoulder of the animal. That's right. Contrary yeah. to popular belief. Yeah. And this, this is actually a super common cut for barbecue, but it's also the basis for a lot of uncommon cuts, which we'll be discussing after this. So pork butt's pretty popular, uh, very popular in the South, Southeast, especially Georgia, Florida, Mississippi, uh, Alabama, very, very popular cuts there. And also in, uh, in the Carolinas too, I believe. One Carolina does whole hog, and the other one does pork pork shoulder. So, yeah, I don't travel to that area much. Uh, I hope to in the future, but yeah, you know they they, they do cook a lot of pork there. So, mm -hmm. right, but right. yeah, pork butt is it, it does come from the shoulder, and it's a nice and you know juicy, flavorful, fatty cut of meat that's really easy to cook, and we're gonna talk about that too. So, yeah, very easy to cook. So let's go into the method of cooking a pork butt. How exactly um, is this cooked? How long is it cooked? And is this easy to do? It's, it's really easy to do. It, it stands as well to either, um, if you're going to do a barbecue slow smoking, uh, it also you can also braise a pork, pork shoulder too. Works very well. Seasoning, it takes a lot of salt to season a pork shoulder. That's, that's one thing. It's going to require a lot mm -hmm. of seasoning. To get through that, uh, I recommend injecting. Uh, if you don't want to inject, you can also dry brine it. So that's one way to do it. Yeah, I, I love cooking pork, but it's it's actually the very first cut of meat years ago that I, I practiced with to learn how to barbecue because it's so forgiving. There's so much mm -hmm. fat in it. It's just very, very forgiving. So it's not to say that it's impossible to overcook but it's it's hard to overcook it's so it's for me to learn the process the cooking process of what happens to meat on the pit i cooked a lot of pork butt i'm talking a lot of pork butt this mm. there was so much pork butt or pulled pork in my freezer 
that I was forbidden for cooking any more pork butt in the house. Like we just had pork butt for days just because it was just a lot of times back then we're talking about early 2010, 2011, around that time, you could get pork butt for very cheap in the stores. They always had sale on them, you know, for 98, 99 cents a pound. So you'd get it and practice cooking on the pit and it was really good meat. It was good to cook for like a football Sunday or a get together because it produces a lot of yield whenever you're cooking it. Mm -hmm. And I would just cook a lot and we would have a lot left over. So I'd throw bags in the freezer and we'd have a crap ton of pork butt in the freezer. Right. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big chunk of meat. So it really, to overcook it, it takes a long time to overheat it, to overcook it. I mean, if a small temperature spike is not going to hurt you on a pork butt, if you're, if you're maintaining your temperature and let's say you spike for five minutes, it, it really doesn't mean anything. Only the only time that would mean something is towards the very tail end of your cook. You could, you could overcook, but in the beginning, you know, if you if you're spiking your pit a little bit, it's not a big deal with a pork butt. So, what kind of sauces would you typically use? Maybe not just sauces, but like seasonings. Is this more of a, a sweet type of seasoning and sauce? I, I, prefer, I prefer I prefer a, a sweeter seasoning with pork. I think pork takes sugar really well. What I what I do with mine is I first thing I I like double season mine because I'll I'll cover it in salt and dry brine it in the fridge overnight. And then I'll hit it with a rub after that because it takes so much salt to season a pork butt. I mean, it's just it's just an insane amount. Uh, it's much more than you would think. So usually a double layer of seasoning is good enough. I like to let mine dry brine so the, that salt gets absorbed into the meat. Uh, injection also works. Uh, you know, you could use something like Tony Satchery's Creole butter would work pretty well. There's some other injections. I mean, we're living in like the golden age of uh, – barbecue seasoning and injections there there's so much out there and the quality is just extraordinarily high so you know get to look on look on the internet and get some trusted brands of pork injection also working good like i say try a little bit in your hand try a little bit by itself if you don't like it by itself you're probably not going to like it on the on the meat yeah that, that's a good point it's it's so overwhelming all of the seasonings that they have out now and sauces for all different types of meat especially pork so, you know, find this experiment, find something that you like, throw it on there. Just make sure that you do salt your pork butt enough because you, you need to have some salt in there. It, unsalted pork is, is nobody's friend. You don't want unsalted. It's terrible. It's, 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 it's yeah, not it's, a good taste. No, yeah. not at all. So just to kind of rewind a little bit to back up the, the cooking process of pork butt, we said it was easy. It is. It's very, very easy. When we talk about things like brisket, you know, beef, well, not even beef ribs, but mainly brisket, you know, you talk about wrapping it at certain parts. You can do that with pork butt too. Think, think about this. You know, we, we talk about the, the wrapping process and you've heard about the Texas crutch, which is basically wrapping your meat in foil to help speed up the, the cooking process. You can do that with pork butt, but you also don't have to do it either because there's just so much connective tissue and fat in that pork butt you can just let it ride if you have the time it all about it all mm -hmm. depends on how much time you have so you know you throw it on the pit 250 275 you're fine just let it ride let it go mm -hmm. and the great thing about pork butt is, is there's two different kinds you can get the bone in pork butt 
and you can get the boneless pork butts. But I like the bone in pork butt because anything with bone to me just yields a little bit more flavor mm-hmm. than it got that bone in there. So, mm-hmm. and right. it, it double it double acts as a as a as a meat thermometer too. You know, it like does. a turkey, that bone starts sliding out a little bit whenever it starts to get close to finishing. So, mm. you know, it's easy to cook. There's nothing yeah. more satisfying than pulling that bone out clean. That's it. That's <laughs> right. it. So yeah, when that when that bone comes out clean, uh, you're done. It, it's it's finished. So there's uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna cook any more than that. So you what you'll notice is if when you look at the pork shoulder, get the bone side and just get that bone and just give it a turn, and you'll notice it start to loosen up. And that's how you know when you're pretty much done with your uh, with your pork pork shoulder. Oh yeah, I got a little video on on Home Grill Advantage YouTube page uh, that shows me. It's a little really quick video, a little two minute video. Go check it out. It shows uh, me cooking a pork butt and kind of sliding that bone out. And there's also those are also two shoulder cuts. There's the uh, pork shoulder on the Boston butt, and then there's the picnic shoulder, which is also another another good cut to smoke too. A lot of times, picnic shoulder will come with the skin on. So if you don't want that, you're gonna have to remove it. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you, barbecue brand. Is this uh, cut something you do in barbecue competition? So the league that I'm in does not require the pork portion of it, which we do cook pork, but it's pork spare ribs. KCBS is uh, a league that is, you know, a little bit further on the east. Well, we have competitions down here too. We even have KCBS competitions in, in Texas. Uh, they do require that fourth meat, which is the the pork butt, um, and there's all different types of things that you have to do to it for for competition. But I, I don't I don't cook it in the league that I'm in, but I will eventually have to because I I will be you know continue to advance myself in in some other leagues. But you know I'm not cooking it right now. Right now I'm just kind of doing some backyard Boston butts. Right, uh, the pork shoulder, the pork shoulder competition in KCBS is probably the most complicated presentation for that because there's several different. There's the bunny muscle. There's another mm-hmm. part I can't remember. Uh, you got your, it, your bacon with the, your they bacon. Call, right. They call the bacon. It's right, right under the fat cap, and then you have your tubes, which is on the the other side. Mm-hmm. There's a many different things that you can do as far as your presentation and 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 things that you can hand in right. for your your turn in box, but yeah, it's very intense. It's very it's very involved. It's probably the most involved meat mm-hmm. that you do in competition. Wow, for something that's so easy to cook. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, and, and the cooking process is is pretty simple for pork, but it's just it's like Brandon said, two seventy two fifty to two seventy five. Uh, you know, if you want to wrap it, that's also good. And please, if you wrap it, put it in the oven. Don't waste your time putting it back on the pit. You're just wasting charcoal or, or gas or whatever, or pellets. Just put it in the oven. There's, you're not going to absorb any more smoke through that uh, it through foil. Uh, there's an argument about absorbing smoke through paper. But there's also, there's also you know, you could oversmoke something, too. And that's also a danger. But... Just throw it in the oven. Wrap it. If you want to wrap it, wrap it, add a little liquid, throw it in the oven and leave it for like six hours. It usually usually a pork a pork shoulder takes between ten and twelve hours to do, from my yeah. experience. Yeah, there's there's a there's a famous little saying out there by shout out Harry Sue. 
um, which is one of the winningest guys in, in barbecue history. He was on the original Pitmasters. He says, BTU is BTU is BTU. So yeah. once you, once you wrap something in foil, once you've gotten enough smoke on it, just throw it in the oven, you know, save, save your fuel, save your charcoal, save your pellets. If you're cooking on a, right. you know, a pellet smoker, just throw it in the oven after you've wrapped it because there's, there's just no, no need to really keep it on the pit at that point. Right. And I know, I know like you and me, Brandon, like we, we usually never are doing like one meat, you know, we might be doing pork shoulder and then we might be pulling off and putting on chicken or putting on ribs or, or doing yep. something else. So Pit space is valuable space to us. So if I can <laughs> remove a pork shoulder and put it on and put it in the, the oven and just not worry about it, you know, that gives me an opportunity to, to do other stuff. True words. Yes, indeed. Right. So let's move on to our second cut, the country style pork ribs, which what, is one of my favorite things. Which is cut from the pork shoulder. <laughs> yeah. So, Pork shoulder is very is very versatile. I mean, most uh, when you're talking uh, sausages, like people making their own sausages, Italian sausage, whatever, bratwurst, most of it is is, is ground pork pork shoulder because of the fat to meat ratio is just about right. It's between seventy five twenty five and eighty twenty. You know, some can be a little bit leaner than the others. So, pork shoulder is fatty, but it's also it's it's got a good bit of fat, but it's got a lot of connective tissue, and that's what really gives you that uh that sticky gelatinous texture to it. So yeah. the country style pork ribs are cut from the, the pork, pork butt. Shoulder. Yeah, yeah, the pork shoulder. So, what method of cooking do y'all think this is just regular barbecue? Like, how uh, do you prepare I, I, this? I think I think with pork, I think with country style ribs, you can you can do them uh a little hotter and a little faster. You know, I, I don't, yeah. I don't think, I don't think you need to slow smoke these. You most certainly can, but, uh, you, you know, you can go a little, you can go a little hotter and faster because you don't, you know, you want a little bit of chew to a country style rib. So I, I would, uh, I would go a little hotter and faster and, and definitely, definitely don't overcook it because it's going to get real dry. Oh yeah. yeah. It's going to dry out and tough, toughen up. Yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you would yeah. just kind of sauce this kind of the same, like sweet, you know. Yeah, it's su sweet. I, I like I like I like my pork with a good bit of spice too. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I like I like sweet and heat on pork because pork is so rich. Uh, I think the heat really helps uh, balance the flavor of the pork, mm -hmm. and the sweet gives you a nice, you know, sweet, salty, and hot is is going to work on on pork shoulder or on any pork product. Well, pork is such a rich flavor too that it you is, have it to is. cut through that richness. Or, I mean, you won't be able to eat anything because I can remember when uh, Brandon D moved into his apartment off of Westheimer here in Houston. We uh, <laughs> they had a barbecue restaurant nearby that said all you can eat pork ribs. Bad idea. <laughs> we were like, we what? were about to go. We about to hit it up. It was so under seasoned, like two ribs in. I was like, "Oh done. my stomach, bubbling!" <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh no. And I was prepared. I was like, "I am hungry." We've been working hard all day, moving up and down these stairs. I want some ribs. Nah, nah, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, so, you yeah, can't have it, unseasoned pork. That's just no. Mm, it's way too rich right you have to have it well seasoned and just something that's going to cut through all of that richness and sugar 
does a really good job of that. Sugar, I, I salt, you, and heat. I'll tell you what, as with as many competitions as I do, we do a lot of sweet ribs in competition and it's it's really rich. I mean, my my rib recipe is a two-day recipe. And the the amount of things that I do to my ribs is just they're so rich. You can't even eat more than one or two of those ribs right. because it's right. it's an amuse bouche, you know, like I, I always talk about. It's a one bite, give you everything, but it's balanced, right. you know, but it's mm -hmm. still really, really rich. Sometimes when I'm at home and I, I decide I want to eat ribs, those are not the type of ribs that I want to eat. Sometimes I will throw some really savory seasonings on those or even like, you know, switch it up and throw some beef seasonings on those things. So nice. that's another good point that I want to bring up to everybody is that this is a question that I've get, gotten a lot of times is, you know, oh, can I put um, beef seasoning on ribs or can I put pork seasoning on something else? And it's all about your flavor profile and what you want to achieve. You absolutely right. can do that because it's going to give you a different element of flavor. So like when I'm at home, sometimes I want some just charred, what we call what in the competition world, eating ribs, just like mm -hmm. some charred up ribs with some, some savory seasoning on it. Not, you know, too sweet with just a, a hint of sweetness. Right. You know, that's, that's really good stuff. So, right. you know, do what you want, whatever you feel is, is, is your flavor profile, whatever you feel like eating. You know, don't be afraid to really experiment with some flavors out there. Right. And I've I've done uh, with pork. I've I've done Asian flavors too. I've done uh, uh, satay seasoned uh, pork pork with uh, over smoke, and it came out actually really good. Mm. So don't, it, there's there's no there's no limit to what you can try with pork. It, pork takes on a lot of seasonings anyway. From but the key is salt. It can never be undersalted. Oh yeah, you right. have to salt it. If you don't, we've all experienced this. You get like this metallic it tastes taste. like zinc. Yeah, like like you like you rub the penny on and meat. <laughs> <laughs> right. I remember a couple of years ago, Brandon. Uh, well, both of I think both of y'all came to that competition, and yeah, we did. Um, I ended up not placing in ribs, and I went to taste first place ribs. And I was just like, man, something is off with these ribs. And <laughs> I was like, what is that? And I could not place it. And Brandon tasted them. And he, at the very first taste, as soon as he tasted them, he said, oh, they're under season. He's like, he's like, very, this metallic taste in my mouth. He's like, they're just, they're bland. They're very under season. That's what you're tasting is you're not tasting. <laughs> right. Like, oh, okay. It just well. it just doesn't taste. It doesn't taste good. Under season pork is terrible. It's a it's a very it's a faint metallic taste, and it's just it's just awful. That was pork, Morgan pork, City, right? Yeah, pork needs salt. Pork mm -hmm. needs salt. I mean, you can enough salt, and you can you could you could just do some salt and pepper ribs, and they would be really good. Salt, pepper, and smoke is fine. Maybe yeah. a little garlic, but it's got to have salt on it. The salt is real key to pork important very very important no matter what cut that you are cooking you need to salt salt <laughs> salt your pork yeah. mm -hmm. and if you, if you if you can't handle a lot of salt then i suggest you move on to another Try maybe choose else. another meat yeah <laughs> maybe go with chicken <laughs> right right <laughs> you know, see, chicken thoughts yeah <laughs> you know us uh, Fish is always a good option for salt because fish doesn't need a lot of salt. Actually, no. it, it, it 
takes very little seasoning to salt fish. So if you're, you know, if you're sensitive to salt, then choose a different protein. Heavier proteins require a lot of salt. Beef, pork, lamb, all need a lot of seasoning. Yeah. So moving on to the next cut, my absolute favorite, pork steaks, that poke steak. Yes, and that <laughs> is know, also... I miss that about Louisiana, man. Those Sunday dinners, you know, you could just get those, pork, those barbecue pork steak dinners. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, this is actually another cut from the pork shoulder. <laughs> yep, it's oh. all it's it's so versatile. It is. It is. It's it's a very very versatile piece of meat. So pork steaks are uh, pork steaks are basically a sliced up pork shoulder, and uh, you cut it into like a steak. And they usually it's it's better if you cut them over an inch thick. Yeah, you know, this this is really hard to find thick pork steaks. I remember one time we had gone to eat at a barbecue restaurant in uh, in Marble Falls, Texas. Oh yeah, and and this and this was weird. They actually had pork steak at this restaurant in Marble Falls, and it was legit. They did it oh. absolutely correct. It was uh you know it's not cooked like a like a pork butt to where it's fall apart tender. Mm -hmm. It's cooked like a pork chop. I mean that's that's mm -hmm. how you want to cook it. You want to cook it to where it maintains a little bit of its chew, and it, but maintains a lot of its moisture. So you don't you definitely don't want to overcook it. So a pork steak is like a hot and fast method, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like a steak. Yeah. It's yeah, um, right. yeah, it's. I have a problem with uh, some of the pork steaks around here locally in southern Louisiana, and uh, here's where the controversy starts once again. <laughs> People overcook pork steaks around here and it's yeah. like chewing shoe leather. And the problem is, is that a lot of people around here have never had good barbecue. That's, it's a problem that we run into, especially with competition. It, it, and it's, it is what yes. it is. I said it. Yes. So people are just used to eating overcooked food. They're just used to that because mm -hmm. that's the way that they grew up and people overcook they will cook the hell out of a pork steak. Yep. They will cook that thing until it's dead and gone and oh, hanging yeah. out with the ancestors. Oh, yeah. Chilling, chilling at an Elvis concert. Like, <laughs> dead. Stop right. cooking that stuff, man. Like, that's uh, that's not good. Like, just cook right. it properly, and it's going to be... I'm I mean, all about cook? a properly cooked pork steak. What right. is it? Just like 165 for pork steak? I, would, I mean... I don't even think you need to go that high. I mean, pork is generally safe at what one one forty five is what yeah. FDA says. Um, yeah, I mean you can. This is this is mod this is modern pork. So modern pork does not have right. trichinosis because they treat that they treat the pigs for that, and they're also their feed is much cleaner. It's just the trichinosis came from actually what pigs were fed, which was generally pretty poor quality food. But now pigs have a very a different feed that they you know it's a it's an engineered feed, you know, food science, you know, the right amount of protein and carbs for them. So uh, they, they don't eat junk anymore. And if, in fact, I think they even eat like uh, leftover waste. They eat leftover human food from like uh, buffets and stuff. I know Las Vegas does that where they feed the leftover food from the buffets to pigs. So <laughs> pigs wild. can eat anything. They, 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 okay. they can tolerate all kinds of food. Yeah, it's they crazy. Can. Yeah, they can. Oh. Lord, well, I Berco pigs in Spain they eat nothing. What hazelnuts? Yeah, yeah, hazelnuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little bougie pigs. I know they're like yeah. me if I was a pig. 
<laughs> yeah. Aeolis and hazelnuts. <laughs> you got to watch the other episodes to catch that reference. Yeah. <laughs> well, at $299 a pound for Iberico ham, you know, uh, I mean, they're getting, they're getting their money's worth out of them. That's the one that comes with the little foot still attached, right? The black, yeah, it has to be the black Iberico pig. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta source it, you know? Mm-mm. So I think pro- part of the problem with pork steaks is that, like we all said, they're not cut thick enough, so it's easy That's to a big over- problem. It's a big easy problem. to overcook that because here in Houston, if you do see a pork steak at HEB or wherever, it's not cut thick; it's thin. And I we see a lot of pork chops cut like that too. And like, what is the point? I don't. I, I me personally, I prefer double cut pork chops. A double cut pork chop is much easier to cook. It's much more forgiving. You get a better product overall. Uh, a single cuts are okay, but you know, like especially for frying, single cuts are better for frying. You're yeah. frying pork chops. That's your mm-hmm. thing. Uh, double cuts for if you're grilling, double cuts. Please, please, double cut pork chops. Yeah. So so much better. But yeah. you know, I for pork chops, I love the sous vide. And sous vide, sous, sous vide for cooking pork is just, man, it's, it makes it so easy. Because pork chops, I, I will say this, actually a very difficult thing to cook is a pork chop. Pork chops are not easy to cook at all. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're talking grilled pork chops or baked pork chops, this is a, this is a fairly difficult uh, cut because, I mean, you're talking overcooked quick. I mean, yeah, you're not, you're window. not, you're, it's a very, very small window for a pork yeah. chop. It's a difficult thing to cook correctly. Yep, that's right. Like it's what I think what everybody needs to understand is that every cut of meat is not meant for every cooking process. Correct. So if you have a a very thin cut of meat or if you have some meat that is they don't they don't have much meat to it. There's certain ways that you can cook that, that it will be good. And the South has mastered that when it comes to gravies and, mm-hmm. and really smothering things down and, and things of that sort. But if you're going to try to grill something or if you're going to try to, you know, to smoke something, then you need to make sure that you have the proper cut of meat. And right. it needs to have, it needs to be meaty. It needs to have enough, mm-hmm. you know, meat on it for you to It'll do what you want to do to thick. it. Hashtag thick T H I C C. There you go. Right. Right. I mean, you're Yeah. You think you think of like a lot of the popular cuts of barbecue, uh, you know, pork shoulder, uh, brisket. These are big pieces of meat. Uh, you know, and, and then you have like in central Texas, you have like shoulder clod. Massive, massive piece of meat. So, you know, this these things, the the slow cooking process really works well for these because they're just big chunks chunks of meat. And they're forgiving in the fact that, hey, look, the temperature spiked a little bit. Not a big deal at all. So you just push through and adjust your temperature. You're not gonna ruin. You're not gonna ruin a brisket in in 20 minutes. It's just not, it's just with the cooking process. You know, the only thing I would say if you're towards the end and you and then if you spike really high, yeah, you could probably mess it up. But towards the beginning, if you're a little hot, it's fine. But Mm-hmm. You know, that's what barbecue is. It's a bigger cut of meat. And other other things that are, are thinner and smaller, like 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 ribs and chicken. And uh, these are all quick cooks. I mean, yeah. ribs don't take a whole lot of time. I mean, 
you know, you're talking ribs are what three hours. That, that's that's a fourth of the time it takes to do a pork pork shoulder. So right. You know, it has to. It, you're right. It has to be the right cut of meat for the right cooking method. And pork steaks, if they're cut really thin, they're 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 really quick grilling food. They're not. You don't have to cook this thing to death. No. I have a question. So you said you just said a shoulder clod. So I know that is a beef. It is beef. Mm-hmm, it, correct. Do they have something similar to that in pork? It it, it is the it's the shoulder of the animal. So. All all right. mammals have very v- similar muscle structures, but four-legged mammals have similar muscle structures. So it actually is it actually kind of is an equivalent. But you know, with beef, it's just super sized. You know, uh, <laughs> a pig, a pig, a large pig for slaughter weighs three hundred pounds. A large cow for slaughter weighs you know fifteen hundred. What's that so barbecue brand? I guess you would just call it the pork shoulder, but it would include it would be the, the pork shoulder. Yeah, yeah. It, it would just be a bigger cut. Yeah, the the beef shoulder is a massive cut. I mean, that's a massive piece of meat. So think about the but, size of the animal. Right, right. exactly. So I mean, the, there's there's several sub primals that there's the primal, which is the, the the full shoulder, and then the sub primals that come off of it, the chuck roll, the shoulder in the in the chuck in the chuck roll, you cut the shoulder clod from the chuck roll. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure. But those, those, yeah, those are those are massive pieces of meat. So cows, but the, the muscle structure for a pig is very similar. And I think, uh, you know, it's just it's just so much smaller than that. I mean, you know, the the shoulder is just a small, a small, so much smaller on a pig that it's not really worth. You know, they do break it into other things: country ribs, pork steaks. You know, but uh, just depending on the on the pig. You know, if they have like maybe a pig with a really massive shoulder, that might be better to cut into smaller pieces. Because it's all about the economics of the animal itself. Because right. you may get a really big shoulder, but you may not be able to sell it. Because, like, say, I pull off a 15-pound pork shoulder. It's like, man, that's a lot of meat. And I have to cook this. So Yeah, which, which, is, might why, be, yeah. Yeah, which is why it's hard for you to get some cuts of meat. Just, because, just because you know the cut and, you know, the, the, that cut exists doesn't mean that you can just go to the store and get it because just like Brandon said, the economics of it is just, it's Mm -hmm. it's just not economical for you to be able to sell this continuously. Um, Right. I'll give you a prime example. I went to the store. This was, this was years ago. And I had first started hearing about tri-tip, tri-tip, you know, and um, uh, picanha and all of these other different cuts of, of, of beef that, I had never seen before in the store. So I would go and ask and they would tell me, no, we don't, we don't have that. (laughs) We don't have that in the store. We haven't had anybody ask for that in the past five years. So we don't display that. We don't cut it. You know, it's just not, it's not something that we keep in stock. So it's It's just economical to keep around. Exactly. Because they Mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to sell it because nobody would know what to do with it. Right. right? right. Except me and and like three other people in the city. (laughs) Yeah, and, and and how can they, you know, if that doesn't sell, how can they repurpose it? You know, right. they have to think about those kind that, of things. That's when you True. end up with. That's when you end up with seasoned meat, seasoned ground <laughs> meat, <laughs> ground meat. Yeah. FYI, yeah, <laughs> turn it into hamburger. If you didn't if know, you now didn't you know. know that. That's They're why not... they always have seasoned meat in stores because that stuff is not fresh. Yeah, they're not yeah. just doing you a favor; they're over. doing themselves a favor. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah, if, if you think about it, like. 
you know, if nobody's asking for a shoulder clod, it might be just better to turn it into ground beef. And it's the same thing with pork. You know, if, if uh, yeah, it has to be economical. And if you're looking for odd cuts, you need to go to somebody that does a whole animal butcher shop where right. they're, they're bringing in, you know, if you go to a butcher shop and they're bringing in halves of cows, you know, you could pretty much ask for anything because on, right. on, on cow, on, on beef, all cuts are numbered. So there's a number associated with the cut. And you just ask, I need number whatever cut, and they should be able to cut it if they're a proper butcher shop. Mm -hmm. So they do the same thing with pork too, right? Like they right, have right. numbered yeah. cuts. Okay. Yeah. So the, you just have to ask for the the, the cut number on it, and they should be able to provide it. So now the, the the thing about it is, is like if you want that, you're buying the whole thing. There's not going to be oh, I want that's too big. You ask for the cut, it comes out whatever how much if it weighs. That's what you're going to be at. <laughs> that's right. not going to be like, oh, I don't want one that big. It's like, it's too late for that, buddy. Yeah. You know? And, and, and another tip, another tip. If you do want to get these special cuts, if you start seeing, watching some of these videos, AKA Home Grill Advantage, <laughs> you, might, you might see some cuts that, that you want to go to the store and get yourself. Don't just go to your local store and and think that you're going to talk to the the butcher that's in there you know at one two o'clock in the afternoon the head butcher is gone okay the that person that you're talking to only knows how to cut what they were taught how to cut they're not the actual quote-unquote butcher you need to talk to the head butcher become friends then you can start to get you know the cuts that you want if you're buying things on a you know on a semi constant basis that's a, that's a little that's a little tip for y'all. If you want to get what you want to get, you know, you got to make relationships. You got to gotta got to rub some elbows, talk to some people, you know. Get, right. get, get become friends with that head butcher. Yeah, you got to call Bubba. You got to call Bubba at 7 a.m. That's at right. 1. <laughs> that's it. So most but most stores, most grocery stores are pretty accommodating when it, especially if it's a, a nicer store. They're pretty accommodating when it comes to certain getting certain cuts if they're not there. You could ask them for it. It's not going to be in, you know, you're not going to get it that day. But if you go in a, like a week in advance, they can pretty much order you anything you want. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have to talk to the butcher and you have to ask for it. And it's going to come out whatever it comes out as. If it comes out, you know, if it comes out, you know, 15 pounds heavier than you expect, that's, you're just going to have to live with it. The thing like a shoulder clod, shoulder clods can be up to, I think, 45, 50 pounds. It's a huge piece of meat. So that's huge. You know, if you want a 35 pound one and they come out with a 45 pound one, you're just going to have to live with that one. Right. <laughs> so think about that because, you know, you got a shoulder clod from a cow, right? That's 35, 40 pounds. I mean, hell, if you buy, there's some pigs, whole pigs that you can buy for that, you know, 45, right. 50 pounds. So <laughs> I think, yeah, I think most, most hogs are slaughtered between like a hundred and Two, three, two to three, a hundred to three hundred pounds, I think, would be the maximum. And it depends what you know. The different size animals are going to go to different purposes, so mm -hmm. they're not always going to use. Uh, the bigger animals might be, you know, you might cut pork sticks out of the bigger animal shoulder, and the smaller ones, where you know people are expecting, you know, pork shoulders to be, you know, eleven to twelve pounds. That's the ones they're going to, you know, butcher that way. Yeah. 
So moving on, uh, let's talk about one that maybe isn't so familiar with a lot of people. What about pork shanks? How? Wh- uh, first of all, what is what part of the pig is that? That is from the back leg of the pig. Back leg. And mm-hmm. how would you prepare this? And how would you cook this? I would say p- pork shanks go really. Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a fattier cut of meat, a lot of connective tissue, so. Long, slow cooking process. Definitely something that you could slow smoke or braise. Mm-hmm. I love shank cook down. You know, some mm-hmm. some some good shank cook down, asabuco, uh, or just braised, whatever the case may be. Right. It's, just, it's, it's delicious that way. Yeah. It's definitely something that you don't hear about very often. And um, it. It, it's definitely making its way around as being something more popular. Um, popular in Eastern European cultures too. Uh, Polish uh, Polish cuisine does pork chinks, and I've, I've had that at a Polish restaurant, and it's pretty pretty good. Right, but we're not talking we're not talking barbecue. No, oh, yeah, more like braised. Yeah, with, that's you more know, braised mm. in the oven kind of thing. Most 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 things with uh, pork chinks. The more popular thing to do with pork chinks is to cut mm-hmm. them into hocks. And smoke them, hey. preserve, preserve, preserve meat for making like beans and other oh. dishes, or you know, uh, and white what, beans, yeah. whatever you, yes, Lord, whatever you want to put in it. So you know, a pork shank says kind of it's pretty uncommon for barbecue. I think that's only in the more recent years it's becoming more right popular. I mean, but it makes sense. Once again, it's a it's a it's a cut of meat that's pretty tough, a lot of connective tissue, a lot of fat. Mm-hmm. Gotta mm-hmm. cook for a long so time. So it's gonna it's gonna take on that smoke really well. So mm-hmm. if you if you if you slow smoke it, it's gonna really really come out well. Now don't get me wrong, because I am barbecue brand, right? <laughs> <laughs> I believe my my whole mantra is just like you can fry anything, you can smoke anything. So I'm yeah. not hating on anybody that's smoking anything. Put right. it on the smoker. So I'm all yeah. about it. I'm all about yeah. it. I'm just. You know, I just had I'm, to give my little piece on the. On the I'm sorry, I'm 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 not down with some barbecue coon though. I hate to say that, but mm, I don't do. I that's don't do. something you will never see touch my lips. Barbecue? No, I don't eat raccoon. Sorry. Neither do I. I have I know people I who had, do. I haven't had coon since I was my so. God rest his soul, my daddy would cook us coon, and that's all we had. We grew up a little poor, so that was what for dinner, and you know how. I, well, so I'm a dad, right? I got two kids, and what I cook is what I cook. Mm-hmm. After that, the kitchen is closed. You got to make yourself a sandwich or make a bowl of cereal. Right. That's the way it was when I was growing up. You know, they cook what they cook. We cook what we had. And if you didn't eat that, the kitchen was closed. So yep. we had some coon. I don't remember liking it. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> really, really wanting it or anything, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I probably like would give it a try squirrel. now with my with my knowledge, <laughs> yeah. with my knowledge and skills today. Maybe I'd give it a shot, but uh, mm-hmm. no, nah, I, I don't but why? know. But why? Yeah, that's the <laughs> no. Nah, that's all right. Never mind. Just... On second thought, goddamn it, no, never why? mind. <laughs> I'm not eating a rat. I mean, we could do squirrels too, but why? You know, <laughs> right? No, nah, that's all right. Never mind. I'm, I'm all for alternative meats, but like, I mean, I've seen what raccoons eat, and I'm gonna pass on that. You know. Mm-hmm. There's other. And I've tried. I've tried. Other... I've tried. Oh, like I, I highly recommend trying wild game. I've tried Axis deer. I've had black buck. I've had you know venison. I've had elk. 
All, all, all really good. I mean, my favorite is is Axis and Black Buck, though. I mean, Black Buck's one of the best things I've ever eaten. My my uh, neighbor he gifted me with some Black Buck tenderloins, and we grill we grilled that up. You know, put a little smoke on it for a few minutes. You know, seared it in a pan, served it with chimichurri, and it was fantastic. Oh yeah, that was oh, good. Yeah, one that of the one good. of the one of the best tasting meats I've ever eaten in my right. life. Not fatty at all. Right. But very rich tasting. I mean, yeah. just so 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 savory. Mm -hmm. Wild yeah, pork see, is really good too. Wild pork is wild good pork too. Is, yeah, it takes is good. takes a lot of takes a lot of care to uh, yeah. you know how to clean it. Yeah, and mm -hmm. handle it. Uh, one of the guys I work with, uh, what he does with his wild pigs is he captures them, and then he castrates them, and then he lets them go, and uh, or he either lets them go or he keeps feeding them or he feeds them. He uh, takes them, uh, you know keeps the wild pigs and feeds them like a standard, you know, diet that you would, you know, pig feed. And it, it actually helps with the, uh, the skunky flavor of the wild pork. Hmm. So, yeah. I, I ain't about doing all that. Well, I mean, he's, he's got property, he's got pigs. He has to do something with them. So. Right. Right. Big ups to all true. the hunters out there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. I, I love, I love y'all. Y'all know barbecue brand. Love y'all. <laughs> <laughs> So me and my wife actually went to a food and wine festival in Austin probably about 12 years ago. And we sat through a live demo with Andrew Zimmern. Um, I know most of you out there probably know who he is. And he did a live demo in front of us on alternative proteins. And you got me thinking about that because he basically butchered a lamb in front of us and taught us about all the different parts of lamb and he cooked some while he was there too, got us to taste it. So that was pretty awesome. So awesome. it made me think that, you know, there are, are alternative proteins out there, but we need to continue to go up the ladder, not down the rungs of the ladder. So mm -hmm. yeah, let's go ahead and leave them coons alone and then wreck, you know, them right. Let's yeah, Look, right. ain't nobody Wait, starving. Ain't nobody Wait, starving. But I, what I, we do, we know how to cook them, but we don't need to do that right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, right? I, I, I wish lamb was more popular, popular in the U.S. because it's really an economical meat mm -hmm. to, to raise they yeah. eat grass like you say oh it's grass-fed lamb pretty much all lamb is grass-fed I mean, that's the whole purpose of them you don't you don't have to give them feed so yeah you know i, w I wish more lamb was more popular because it's actually a really economical you know in environment more environmentally friendly meat to grow that price looks popular right. yeah, price, <laughs> price, they don't give it away man they don't, no, they but, don't. Uh, I mean, in places like Australia, where lamb is lamb is more common than beef, it's much more affordable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love lamb. Oh man, I, I love too. lamb. Yeah, I like the little tiny little lamb chops. Oh so yeah, cute. oh those are the best. <laughs> man. Oh Lord, yeah. The little the little the little T bones. Oh yeah. My, shout out my sister Janie, Janie Romafanger. She's uh she cooks lamb chops like nobody's business. She makes a nice little homemade chimichurri with it and. Nice, so good. She has a great recipe for them. And God, dog, she hadn't made those in a long time. Matter of fact, I'll be there this weekend. I'm gonna have to talk to Jamie about that. Run right. by Costco and just just bring some over, man. Right. <laughs> those, 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 those. Just slide them on the counter, like just brought this for you. No. I'm not. Right. I'm not saying you have to cook these, but I brought them for you to cook. They're here. Yeah. What, what else we gonna do with them? Hey, I mean, that's yeah. That's that's one of my favorites. So moving on, let's talk about pork loin. Oh man, pork loins, uh, man, you talk about this one. Pork loin is is challenging. 
because it, it it overcooks very quickly. I mean, yeah, you have to treat treat pork loin like you would treat a uh, treat a chicken breast. It's lean. Mm-hmm. It's it's got about the same amount of fat as a chicken breast, and it's it overcooks in a very very narrow cooking window. You have to have a thermometer, and uh, and you must consider the carryover cook with pork loin. Yeah. Uh, again, sous vide. If you have yes. one, use it. If you don't have one, go buy one and use it because right. Right. That, that, that'll really help you with pork loin too, especially if you're just starting off cooking them and you don't want to overcook them. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to get it to that internal temperature and then kind of sear them off if you want to create a right. little crust on the outside and you're good to go. And the tr- trick is what you can do if you're worried about, well, I want some smoke flavor, but I don't want to sous vide this. You could smoke butter and then put that butter with your pork loin and cook it or smoke some type of fat or some type of vegetable. You could smoke onions. You could put those in there and, and sous vide it with some smoked onions and it would be fantastic. And you would get that smoke flavor in it. Yeah, that's that's something I've been doing for a long time. So Home Grill Advantage was started by really wanting to just smoke everything. I wanted to be able to incorporate smoke as an ingredient, not as the main component of dishes. So I experimented a lot with smoking ingredients that goes towards dishes or that are a part of dishes. So, man, you can really smoke anything and just kind of add that into your dish just as like a little, it's a little mm-hmm. razzle dazzle in there, you know, <laughs> it's good to go. Yeah. Smoking butter or smoking some, some vegetables or something and throwing in there with with your sous vide pouch, it's, it's a great way to incorporate smoke. Right, a, I mean, safe, uh, a safe way to not ruin your your pork loin mm, or pork yeah, chops at that. Yeah, and uh, onions take on smoke really well too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah, moisture and fat will take on smoke really mm-hmm. well. Oh yeah, for sure. But so. but also also for pork loin, I know people that smoke pork loin just straight up smoke it. A lot of people brine it. They'll put it in a brine, you know, for uh, to 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 help retain some of that moisture. But it's really a quick cooking process. I mean, at, at two fifty, you believe it or not, that you could have a huge pork loin. That thing could be done in an hour. Easy. Oh yeah, very much so. So uh, yeah, I would pull it. At, I'd pull it at like probably one forty, one forty one. As soon as it hits that, it would come off. It's going to carry over right. cook to probably a hundred and. Over 145 degrees. Never right. underestimate the carryover cook. No, no, it's you it's, will it's, you will rise, especially depending on the, the the size of your 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 dish or the size of your meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that carryover temperature will will rise on you a good five or six degrees sometimes. So right, yeah, pull it a little and, early, you'd be fine. Absolutely, and pork loin is one of those things that you can get it for a fairly cheap. They put it's them a, it's on a good sale price. a lot. Actually, we I just bought one uh, in preparation for our, our Oktoberfest party this weekend. Whoop, whoop. Oh yeah. man, a dollar eighty nine a pound. <laughs> I was like, okay. Now time off. Yeah, now now keep the bone on it and call it a crown roast, and that thing goes up to like five bucks a pound. <laughs> oh, this is true. We've done that. Yeah, I've done yeah. a crown roast. That they come they, crown roasts are cool because they go on sale around Christmas time, uh, Thanksgiving time. And guess what? I used on that one. That one was sous vide as well. Mm. It was delicious too. It was yeah. really good. 
So yeah, pork loin is definitely one of those things you have to kind of baby it um, because it, it will overcook and you will be really sad and your jaw yeah. will hurt for mm. a while. It, it's it's <laughs> tricky. It's, it, is a tr- it is a tricky cut. It, if it's done right, it comes out great. It's a very lean cut. So if you're trying to watch your caloric intake, a pork loin has the same calorie count as a piece of chicken breast. So Good to know. Brandon, um, I feel like in the past, like two or three episodes, we haven't gone over any safety tips. Um, oh, any, no. any any safety tips that we need to know about when dealing with the uh, sous vide uh, immersion circulator? Well, you know what? That water is hotter than you think. So, 145 yes, degree water, it hurts. It hurts. It's not. It's like it's not boiling, but it's hot. So, be careful with that. Uh, also. Um, you want to make sure that you uh, you sink your food, that your food's sunk into the bottom, because that can be a uh, that can be an issue too. If you have part part of it out of the water, you know some of it submerged. They sell like little little blocks or something that you can clip to your bag that'll help it sink, or you can use a rack. Mm-hmm. I've actually I've actually like vacuum sealed, sealed a spoon in it one time too, and that worked out pretty well. <laughs> so, it just needs a little just needs a little ballast to sink it i definitely was like uh why is there a spoon in the bag it worked <laughs> my, well, my yeah, the you, first time i well the first time why 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 i'm trying to lie to y'all right now my stuff is ghetto fabulous so whenever i i put my my bag in the in the bucket or whatever i'm using for the sous vide i i will use some paper clips to clip the bag to the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That works too. And binder uh, clips work well too. No, look, That's we what use I mean. clips for everything. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. we get them fabulous over here too. So binder ain't no clips. judgment from here. Buy, why buy chip clips when you can just buy binder clips? They work just as well on the we, chip bag. We we literally bought a box of binder clips the other day just for chip bags. Exactly. Binder Anything. clips work better anyway. So I actually they just do. redid my my pantry and I put up some hooks on the side. Bind the clips, bro. Right, just, it's just clip, genius. Just use the little hole, mm-hmm. put them on that little hook. Yeah, done. exactly. It works. It definitely works, and you know, it's cheap. Mm-hmm. You don't See? cry when you lose them. That's right. That's right. Go right. Get another box. <laughs> right. Y'all get all okay. kind of chips here. Right. <laughs> so I saved the best for last. I think um, pork belly. Oh man, pork belly is a good one. What do you know about that barbecue, Brandon? Let me tell you. I have cooked (laughs) pork belly many different ways. As a matter of fact, I've cooked it in the sous vide. Super versatile. I've done 24-hour pork belly in the sous vide. Took it out, seasoned it, finished it on the pit. Delicious. Now, pork belly is one of those things that you can, when you see it in the store, you need to know what you're looking at because sometimes you'll have the skin on. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll get pork belly with the skin off and you need to know what to do with each, right? You can take the skin off yourself if you want to, if they have it on in the store, but it's, it's difficult, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. It, it is like, you have to make sure you have a very sharp knife and like, you're just mm-hmm. keeping really close to that skin to take it off. Because if you don't take the skin off and you try to cook it, you need to make sure that you're cooking it properly. It's hard to crisp that skin up. You have to completely dry it out it's almost like a 48 to 72 hour process to dry that skin out so that you get it the way you want it now i've seen videos where people are doing it you know the quick way and just kind of 
putting it in the refrigerator for a little while with some salt on top, but it's, it's a process. So it, you just yeah. need to, you need to know what cut you have. Do you have the skin on or skin off? If, if it's skin off game on, you can put that thing on the pit. You can even cook it like a brisket, you know, uh, just making oh, yeah. sure that you're cooking it long enough. Right. Right. You just cook it till it's tender. That's pretty much it for smoking a pork belly without the skin on. Yeah. You'll just, you'll just cook it till it's tender. Just throw it in the smoker. 250 275 and just keep an eye on it and it comes out it's it's a real it's a real pretty forgiving cut to uh to smoke i'd say the 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 skin is tricky though um i i've done i've done skin on pork belly i've made a porchetta which is the italian roast where you you basically lay a pork belly out and then you put uh what is it is it prosciutto and seasoning and uh and then you wrap a, a pork tenderloin in it and then you tie it up and the tricky part is, is you have to get the skin to puff. So you have mm-hmm. to, you want to make the crispy skin. So what I had to do was I had to, I had to make my porchetta roll. I had to tie it up and then I had to salt it and I had to leave it in the refrigerator for 24 hours. That's right. And that'll dry and that'll dry it out. So, and then I baked it for a certain period of time to reach an internal temperature. And then I used, uh, I brushed it with oil and then used my, higher setting on my oven to puff the skin on it. It was, it's, it, it was a little tricky, but it came out really good. Pennies and all. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you need a, that, that's, that's a, that's the thing when you're doing, it did, it did have the nipples on it. This is, this is correct. <laughs> but I needed a whole pork belly. I had to go get a whole one because I needed one that was massive. So I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I got to get a whole one. I mean, pork at us, pork, you see people make the pork that I made was huge. And by it, by Italian standards, that would be small. They're usually twice the size of what the, what the one I made, which was probably about six, seven pounds, I'd say. So uh. it, it, these things get huge. So, but uh, it's it's a it's a little tricky of a cook, and you got to get a whole one. You got to get it with skin, and you know mm. it was it was I had to go find it. You know, of course, the Asian grocery store once again saved the day. I need pork belly. I need a whole pork belly with skin. They're like, no problem. We got you. We got that. <laughs> the places that do sell whole pork belly with, uh, with, uh, I don't know if they have skin on Costco. Costco sells whole pork bellies. Yeah, they do. Yep. I think Costco has them ninnies on it, though. Uh, I, don't I don't think know. they got the ninnies. I don't think they got the ninnies, though. <laughs> the skin, the skin is, it's, it's, it's real, it, you know, the skin's a little tricky. But you just gotta follow. You just have to follow a process. There's no shortcutting it. The skin has to be dry, so you have to get that skin dry. And I think what I did was I had to, uh, I had to dry the skin out, and I had to poke very shallow holes. Yep. In the in the skin. That's right. Many and then many, to let the, many many holes in that skin. Well, and, and then, then, and then it would. It. Yeah, and I baked it. I think I baked it at, uh, and it was like it wasn't very high. It was like two seventy five or something like that, or three hundred degrees. For a long time until I hit my internal temperature, um, and then after that, I had to take it out and I brushed the like oil on it, and then put it back in high and puffed the skin and almost burned it because it happened pretty quick. It was it was very fast. I mean, you're talking like man, it's going to be done in less than three minutes. So yeah, I puffed the skin up and it came out good. It was crispy, and you have to cut it with a bread knife. Just another another hint right there. It has to be a serrated knife to knife to cut it, but. It came out really good. It's just like you just have to be very deliberate in the steps. And actually, I wasn't a huge fan of the the tenderloin inside it. I thought the tenderloin was too big. 
to be honest with you, I thought it was mm. it, it was maybe a little bit too big for it. So I think the next time I do it, I might cut the money muscle out of a pork a pork shoulder and try it with that. Mm. So, you know, because that gives you a nice round shape. And that's a little bit more yeah. forgiving on the cook process, a little bit more uh, fat, you know, a little bit more fat in it. But I, I still was pretty happy how it came out. So um, with the pork belly, do we sauce this and season this the same way? Like the rest of the pork, does it follow the same suit? It's I it's just got to so. be salty. Yeah, yeah but pretty much. Pork, pork shoulders, gonna, pork belly, sorry, is going to take a lot of salt because it has a lot of fat. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more rich too. And you you really want to be yeah, you really want to be careful picking a pork belly because uh the pork belly uh, a leaner pork belly is better is 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 going to be a better pork belly. You don't want a pork belly with too much fat on it otherwise it's just just too much. Yeah, I've I've taken pork belly and uh I mean I've smoked it. I've put it in I've cooked it in a sous vide multiple times. I've cut it up into cubes and made pork belly burn ends. Um, if you're mm -hmm. all familiar with the burn ends on a brisket, I've I've done that on with with pork belly, and that comes out really good too. You just have to make sure you cook that properly. Reach out to me if you want to know how to do that, or any of these recipes that we've been talking about, or any of these cooks that we've been talking about on the podcast. Reach mm -hmm. out to us; we'll be able to give it to you. Um, but yeah, pork belly is 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 really really good. It's really rich. It's really fatty. But it's delicious. It's it's and really delicious. You can you can even cook pork belly like a uh, like a pulled pork, like a Boston like a Boston butt. Mm -hmm. um, it's gonna taste like a a more rich version of pulled pork. Mm. It's right. just really it's just really good. Now that they, they, we mentioned the one of our favorite ways to cook pork belly is cracklings. Oh, how do we forget right. that? that? Yeah, cracklings. Chicharron. That yeah. chicharron here in Texas. Them right. gratons. Gratons. A chicharrone grande. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. like saying it. <laughs> yeah. So uh the best the best cracklings are made from pork belly, though. That's that's a fact. Mm -hmm. If it's high, real high quality cracklings, they're gonna be made from pork belly. Uh and that's with the, the skin not, on. That's skin on. Skin and on. the not the not so good ones are made from uh, fat back, which is not not as good as Pork belly makes the best cracklings. I mean, that's just a fact. Wait, I ain't never had a crackling with a ninny on it. No, that's because it's pu when you puff the skin, you can't tell the difference. They are, that's yeah, right. Yeah. You probably did. You don't know. You did. You probably did. Yeah, you had them crispy ninnies. Nah. You can't tell. It's all the, the the surface is all bubbled up. The ninnies just blend in. So. <laughs> Uh, oh man! But uh, this see, this is how things have changed. So, uh, you know, pork belly. Man, I can't remember seeing pork belly in like the store like ten, fifteen years ago. There was no pork belly in the store. No, pork uh, belly has become. I mean, the people that there is two uses for pork belly: bacon and cracklings. That's pretty much it. So yeah. now pork belly has become. Oh, pork belly! You know, this is a new thing. You know, it's not that new, but uh, yeah. <laughs> People were just buying it. Popular people are just understanding, you know, how to cook it versus just right. Getting it is a crackles. it's a real real easy thing to cook. It's not not mm -hmm. challenging at all. Uh, if you have a skin off one, the skin on, there's just you, it, you have to take it into consideration because if you cook it the wrong way, it is literally inedible. It will be like shoe leather. <laughs> yeah, you can't eat it. You can't eat it if you don't cook mm -hmm. it right. Not at the, all with the skin on. Oh no. Right. No. But yeah. Very very good. 
Very good cut of pork. Gotta love the pork belly. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what are some other unusual cuts? Like, what about ham? Obviously, ham, you know. We don't usually barbecue ham. You usually smoke it. Well, yeah, so ham is actually pork butt. That's from the that's from the butt of the cow, the butt of the pig. That's actually the the the, uh, the rear leg. So ham, you you can actually take a ham and smoke it like a pork shoulder, and it will come out oh. perfectly fine. We've done it. We've done whole hog. Oh, I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. you really if I if I gave somebody a piece of pulled ham where I I cooked the ham like a pork shoulder and smoked it versus a pork shoulder, you would not be able to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. It's it's pulled pork when you when it comes down to it. So. That pork right. booty. That booty. That's 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 actually brings in the other <laughs> way. An interesting to way to way to cook a hog is actually the whole hog. That's actually an interesting way to cook cook mm-hmm. a pig. You know, so yep. I've done that twice, and that is actually not as challenging as it sounds, because basically it's just yep. what I what I did was uh I did I did make my own pit, and there's I could go into a whole a whole long discussion about that. But basically I had a double firebox with the fire not underneath off off to the side of the ham and the shoulder. And that's pretty much how I judge it. We just we put a temperature probe in the in the ham in the shoulder and we cooked it to about two hundred degrees and that's that was a everything else was cooked. If those two pieces cook, then the whole the rest of the pig is cooked yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah, that's genius. Well, what a what a great way to protect all of your delicate parts of your pig, mm-hmm. rather, you know, rather than having other than and, having a you know a, a offset fire to that, you know, that's, right. And I, th- that process, that's when I truly understood the stall of 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 barbecue because we take a pig out of the ice. I mean, we had this pig on ice the day before. It's at thirty thirty three degrees, thirty two degrees. It's very very cold. We cooked the the pig cooked to 180 degrees in six hours. So at six hours at 250, roughly 250 to 260, it cooked it 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 cooked to 180 degrees. It was done. It, you could have eaten it right then, but to get to 200 degrees took another six hours. So it took six or more hours to get to to 199, 200, and then you know when we got it there, we sit you know took the bone. Turned it, the bone was loose in the pig. I knew it was done, and but it's really not. It's really not as challenging you think. You have to be really cautious. Safety moment. You have to be really cautious about grease <laughs> fires with pigs because if it catches on fire, you are not putting it out for a while. So you can. It it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna burn the pit up. That was yeah. one of the things I saw when I was doing a pig, and they had a a thing of a grease fire on a hog, and that thing it. It destroyed that pit. It was there was yeah. Wow. Somebody could have called somebody could have called Domino's after that because you <laughs> yeah <laughs> no get get a fire extinguisher get two fire extinguishers A B C uh, you need an A B C fire extinguisher that's all you know that's good for everything you know so get that one and you'll be able to put it out but you have to be really careful with fire with doing a whole hog. It makes a lot of grease and it can easily catch on fire. That's also why we did the offset firebox yeah. because we didn't have to worry about that. Right. Safety moment of the day. Safety moment. Wow. wow. <laughs> and if you, if anyone out there has ever stayed at my house and has had the pleasure of staying in our little cottage in the backyard, there's been a pig in that shower. There certainly was. 
that whole hog was in the shower. Like that pig it, and about thirty bags of ice. This is true. Southern things you just wouldn't understand if you just. Because <laughs> bottom line is, we were not buying an ice chest big enough to hold a whole pig. That pig was like a hundred pounds. I don't think there was an ice chest big enough to hold that pig. See? So we had to just get genius, you that know. Ice we had chest to... would have cost more than the pig. Exactly, and I was like, no, <laughs> exactly, no, that's not happening. By the so, way, yeah. you, you can get you can get a pig, you can get a headless pig, hundred pounds for about a buck seventy five a pound. So yep, it's pretty affordable. It was it was very disturbing because the the glass on the the shower door is frosted, so uh, it looked like we we had somebody on ice. <laughs> but it worked, you know. The ice would melt; it would go down the drain, and it kept the temperature just right in there for that for that pig. But anyway, <laughs> that's what that, that's not what this episode is about. <laughs> hey, we're yeah. talking about pork, aren't we? <laughs> hey, look, it, it is what it is. You know, yeah, you have to have a solution. It was summertime; it was hot. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know the and, as you know the next one. I just we just kept in the trunk of my truck, and you know. The, Put a bunch of ice in it, and it, that worked out well too. So just, yeah, I just overloaded with ice. It was pretty easy. Yeah. So one more thing I wanted to bring up was something that I know um, Bar- uh, Brandon D's mom brought up a few years ago. One of her coworkers um, actually would make uh, pigtails. They would cook the tails of pigs, and I looked up a little bit about you know if that was a thing. And it actually is in the Caribbean. They they barbecue pigtails. They like boil them and then throw them on the pit. I just thought that was interesting. Just something, you mm-hmm. know. Nothing is wasted on a pig. Nothing. Everything on a hog is good. That's no, the I've, I've seen a theme. I've seen mm-hmm. I've seen plenty of things. I've seen some pickled pig ears and mm-hmm. all kind of things, you know, this but yeah, that's but that's that just comes speaking about this is and that's part of what this show is about too, right? The history of mm-hmm. of of cooking and yep. no, like you said, Brandon, nothing's wasted on the pig. Back then, whenever nope. they were butchering hogs, you think yep. that they were wasting things on that pig? No, nope. they didn't have the luxury used. to just waste anything. Everything no. was getting purpose. Everything had a purpose, and everything was getting used. So exactly. they found oh, yeah, a way to yeah, make yeah. it happen. Absol- think about absolutely. the think about the resources. And the knowledge of just being able to take an animal and show respect to me, especially in the hunters out there are going to understand what I'm saying, just to be Mm. able to show respect enough to an animal to be able to use the entire animal. Exactly. Exactly. That, I mean, that's, that's something to be said about that. And and big ups to all of y'all that really came up with these things. I'm not eating some of that, but big ups to y'all. You know, but if you think about like a whole animal usage, what what are you talking about? I mean, like you take the meat, yeah, you, the meat, the bones, the fat, everything's used. I mean, they used to render yeah. hogs for lard. You know, they're making sausage out of it. They're making boudin if you're in Louisiana. They're mm-hmm. making, you know, if you're in the Northeast, you're making scrapple. You know, but it's about using the whole animal, respecting the whole animal. You know, exactly. hey, you know, think of something like hog head cheese. There's a lot of meat on the on the head of a hog. Yeah. And you know, what do you do with it? Well, let's let's put it in a pot, simmer it for about twelve hours, take everything out, chop it up, mix it together, and there you go. Yeah. Hey, yo, side note, I like hog head cheese. Yeah. 
It tastes good. Uh, tastes good. Know. It is good. Man, my mama would eat that all the time whenever I was younger, and I was like, hoghead cheese. That sounds disgusting. Mm-hmm. Until I got grown and I and I finally tried it, and I was like, damn. I've been all missing right, out. barbecue brand. I gotta tell you something, y'all. Y'all watch this reaction. I have made it. <laughs> what you mean? Just what I said. I have made all head cheese before. Oh, you? We did. Yeah. Yes. You, you you country country. I like that. Now we we didn't use the head. We use <laughs> no. we use pork shanks. Yeah, we okay. use pork shanks. Yeah. So it's a little a little bit more refined, but basically the same thing. Dang. Yeah. It okay. was good too. It was good. I think you would like it. Man. It was pretty good, and we it makes a lot, so we shared a lot. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> uh yeah it's it's not really worth making if you're not making a lot of it, but. You know, we had we had in the refrigerator. We had like molds of of hoghead cheese in the refrigerator. We used uh, bread pans for yeah. it, mm. and we have we had about I don't know we had about like at least four or five in the in the refrigerator. So it was pretty funny. So but many. it came out it came out really good. It's uh you know it's it's even if you do it with a head, it's mostly meat. Yeah. I mean that's yeah. that's what it is. It's oh, all that okay. gelatin and yeah. connective tissue that's breaking down, and I mean. When I waste, you didn't waste anything, you know, back then, right. like you said, nothing was wasted. What's that saying? The only thing lost on a pig is the oink. Yeah, everything but the oink. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, my mom, so my mom just turned 83 this year and she, I love to just sit down and have conversations with her about everything that, that really happened in her day. Just, I mean, she was born in 1940, you know, just coming up as a kid in the 40s. I'm like, man, what was it like? You know, so she would tell me she just remembers being a kid and them butchering hogs and packaging up certain parts of the hog. And then they would distribute it throughout their street. And the same thing for their neighbors. They would do the same thing for everybody else. So it was just always it was a true neighborhood camaraderie family type environment. And I'm like, wow, you know, like like, a real community. Yes. Think about how much is lost these days on just. You know, you're not even talking to your neighbor sometimes. And back then you were feeding your neighbor, like right. legitimately right. making sure that everybody was good. You know, like that's, that's, that's pretty a amazing. different time. It's amazing exactly. to hear stories like that. Mm-hmm. If you get a chance to sit down with your mom or your grandmama or your, your great granny, ask these questions because it'll give you a different perspective on life, not just food, especially food, you know, because they thought about things differently back then. And it'll give you some perspective on how you think about food, but just life in general, you know, just hearing things like that. Exactly. It definitely gives you a whole different perspective of things. So with that being said, I'm going to give our little end quote of the night. This comes from Anthony Bourdain, RIP. Yeah. Legend. One of of the culinary gods of our time. So he said, barbecue may not be the road to world peace, but it's a start. There you go. I agree with that. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. Please subscribe. Please like. Please comment if you guys have any ideas for us, if you have any questions, if you just want to, you know, I don't know, get a recipe from us or something. Just let us know. We love to interact with you guys. So. Until next time, keep stirring the pot.
Later, guys. Have a good night. Peace. Peace.